Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Hey, Star Wars fans, welcome back to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. This is episode number one. 34 for the episode The Lost One. I am your co-host, Matt the Crankster, Cranky, and on the other side of the microphone, finishing up our last four, Mike, it's Michael Cohen, the yeah. creator and founder of Frontlines. Hey, we're on our last four, Mike. We're, uh, we're in last the home one. stretch, right? Home but stretch. you know what? Wow. Like, so weird. And I mean, when you when you see the, uh, the next three episodes, you'll be able to, we'll mm. be able to talk about this a little bit more. But watching this episode again, so far removed from when I originally watched it, mm-hmm. I feel like this should be the episode that closes out the series. That might yeah. be because wow. I just finished listening to the episode three audiobook, the, oh, the okay. novelization, the audiobook mm-hmm. for that, which, like, so much. Have you listened to that? Or have you read the episode three novelization? I have read it. It's been, geez, since 2005. So, so it's been a for time. me, yeah. like, this episode is the prequel to that novelization. They, okay. they go together just so well it, it was so perfectly timed that i finished the book and then watched this episode because there's so many things that that link into one another but uh but before we get into the episode uh we got we actually have clone wars news huh? yeah a lot of news <laughs> to talk about um let's uh let's jump into uh first of all uh, the Clone Wars wins two daytime Emmy Awards. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the second straight year in a row, the Clone Wars takes home two daytime Emmy Awards. Uh, in a ceremony in Los Angeles, uh, the, the Clone Wars took home two of the four awards it was nominated for, which included Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation for Chris Voy, as well as taking home the big one in the animated category, Outstanding Special Class Animated Program. So uh, you can you can check out there's a there's a cool picture uh, over on CloneWarsPodcast.com uh, and uh, congratulations to the crew of the Clone Wars for winning that uh, for winning both of those um, kind of incredible that they uh, that uh, to sort of a great way to finish out uh, the last year of the Clone Wars right with these oh, yeah. uh, these yeah. awesome awards so yeah it's funny too like you know. Um, it's like weird because it's like the show hasn't been on for a while and at least yeah. not in a TV form and they're still getting awards for it and two out of four and, and they won the big one which is which is cool so yeah. even if they only won two they won the, the main the main one so that's really cool for those guys happy for the, the Clone Wars team continuing to get awards for a, a program that um, we all at least I thought in the beginning was going to be just you know just another one of those quote-unquote t- cartoons but wow look at this daytime emmys so that's really cool really cool yeah those guys. we'll see if they can continue that with the rebels absolutely uh, so we'll see we'll see uh the other bit of news mike was um we had talked about season six and only getting it on netflix but apparently we're going to see it on different platforms now right yeah yeah so they just announced uh, back on june 10th uh, they, that you can actually get uh, season six, the Lost Missions, on uh, on a variety of different platforms now. So you can pick it up uh, in the U.S. and Canada. You can get it on Apple, iTunes, Google, Microsoft, and Sony, uh, like all of their online stores. 
Um, and then we just have, like, it just says Amazon, Verizon, and Voodoo, which is spelled V-U-D-U. So I don't know what territories those will have it in, mm-hmm. but uh, but if you're in the U.S. and Canada you don't have Netflix, uh, then then you can pick it up through one of these. Or if, you, if you've got a collection that you wanted to complete, right? So I know a lot of people had been watching on iTunes and, uh, and, and wanting to complete their collection there. So, so they can finally do that. And uh, although they're just on these platforms for now, I'm sure that, that those international platforms will see them soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably just some legal type things that they gotta, that they gotta work through first before they can just release it wide, right? But, yeah. but uh, the fact that we're seeing it on a platform other than Netflix, Mm-hmm. Is was kind of uh, kind of exciting, kind of a, a, a surprise, because for the longest time they just referred to it as a Netflix exclusive, right? So, right. So now finally people can start to pick those up. Yeah, uh, if you don't have Netflix, yeah, uh, you got to have one of these other things, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, Voodoo and Voodoo is like another Voodoo is kind of like a Netflix. I don't know if you guys have that in Canada, but we have that down here. Uh, it's like that or a what's the other not Netflix, but the other one that's really popular, Hulu. Uh, yeah, like, kind of like the same type of deal. That's what video is. So, but yeah, Amazon, Google, everything. So, I'm sure those of you who haven't, you'll finally be able to to see some of these great episodes. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, geez, Mike, the probably the biggest news. Yeah, and it's not Clone Wars related, but it's okay. We'll talk about it just for a brief second here. Um, and it was kind of a little shocking to me at first because J.J. Abrams looks like he's one and done. With the Star Wars franchise, huh? We got a new, apparently a new director and writer for episode eight and I guess nine too, Ryan Johnson, huh? Yeah, so uh, my first, you know, sort of when this popped up, and, and this is the thing, so this is still, we don't usually talk about stuff like this, but this is still in the rumor and speculation uh, er- arena because we haven't gotten an official announcement right. from Lucasfilm. The only so, thing I've seen, Mike, is a, is, yeah. is a, Ryan Johnson's spokesperson confirmed that he was directing. So again, okay. like you said, not a Lucasfilm, yeah. but it so, looks like a spokesperson. So we'll just we'll have to wait yeah. and see how this plays itself out. Right. Um, very interesting. Uh, and my first inclination was was uh, negative. And I was I was actually kind of upset about it. I was like, well, what, why would they? No, mm-hmm. they can't do that. And it's like, wait a second. You haven't even seen J.J. Abrams' movie yet. Right. So you don't know if it's going to be the best Star Wars ever or if it's going to be, uh, I'm going to put this in, in quotes, uh, worse than the prequels, as some people would say, um, or what it's going to be at all, right? Like uh, lens flare, camera shake, who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so we, re- we really don't know at this point. So there's no, uh, all, all we know right now is that there's lots of great practical effects to look forward to and that Harrison Ford has apparently broken his leg. So that's that's all we have to to, to really go on at the moment with JJ Abrams production of Star Wars and an awesome cast. But I then I thought about it for a second and I realized, oh wait, Looper is an awesome movie and Ryan Johnson is is a really smart, really intentional director. Um, I watched Looper just like sort of through my cable provider, like just like it was like a, like a, through a movie channel um, when it first sort of came out on DVD and mm-hmm. was on those those sorts of channels. And I watched it and I was like, oh man, this movie's so good that I went out and I bought a Blu-ray just so I could listen to the commentary mm-hmm. and hear nice. sort of like the thought process of making a movie like that because it's just such a... It, um, it's a very intricate movie. Like, there's a lot of moving pieces that are really important that I that that you got to keep track of. And uh, whenever you see a movie like that, for me, it's it's always like you want to know more. Like, how did they make it? So, my first reaction, my initial reaction was, I'm mad. Why would they do this? Why is J.J. Abrams not making all three? Of course, he's going to make all three. This is a lie. This isn't true. And mm-hmm. then it was like wait a second, the original trilogy was made by three different directors. Right. So as long as Kathleen Kennedy is there, and more importantly for me, as long as, as Lawrence Kasdan, Kasdan yeah. <laughs> is involved in all three and George Lucas is still there for these people to talk to, 
right? Then, yeah, bring in all the directors that you want. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like uh, all these, all, all the standalone films with uh, with with all these great directors and all of these ideas that are being thrown around. Like Star Wars every year. That's what you have to remember is that we are we will we will have a new Star Wars movie every single year for the foreseeable future. That's going to take a lot of people. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of directors, a lot of writers. Uh and uh, and and although like that it sounds a little bit scary at first, you just have to stop, take a step back and look at Marvel Studios and what they've been able to accomplish with Disney behind them, right? This isn't, like, Disney doesn't make these choices. It influences this for sure, right? Like, their fingerprints are on this. They want to turn Star Wars into another Marvel Studios. They want to make Lucasfilm just as big in that respect, right? Like, they want to own yet another Mm -hmm. three months out of the year (laughs) by releasing (laughs) a Star Wars movie, right? But those Marvel movies, I mean, like, since Marvel Studios really got up and running, uh, I I don't know if I count uh, uh, the Incredible Hulk, uh, but, you know, Iron Man Forward. Um, even if, you know, there's a movie in there that's not your favorite, maybe it's Iron Man 2, maybe it's Thor, maybe it's Thor 2. Uh, personally, I think every single one of those movies is excellent. I think they're all great movies. I, I don't think that, you know, Iron Man... Two is as good as the first Iron Man or the Avengers, but I definitely think it's better than a lot of the stuff that comes out. So, right, we're gonna get Star Wars in that same respect, where each one of these movies is gonna be polished. It's gonna be excellent. It's gonna be well executed, um, and you know, like there will be peaks and valleys. Some of them will be the be- best movie ever made, and others will be a really great movie. Right, but no yeah. matter what, you're gonna get your twenty dollars worth uh, when you go to the movie theater, and uh, I, it's it's gonna be a good experience, I think. So yeah. they have not announced a director yet that makes me go, "Ooh, that seems like a misstep." Right? There hasn't been a <laughs> right, casting yeah. choice yet that's like, "Really? That's odd." It's not like you know they're putting NSYNC into uh, into right. a, a a background. Uh, scene in a bar or something like that, like they were going to <laughs> with episode two, if you right, guys remember yeah. back. I remember that. that. I remember those rumors. Oh, yeah. so well, it almost happened, right? Like I think yeah. they even came in and like had costumes and stuff, and it just never made it into the movie. Yeah. But yeah, like my, my so my first reaction was negative, and then I had to talk myself down and go, wait a second, this is what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, like not only is it an excellent director who made. Uh, an incredible movie that everybody loves, right? But it, 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 like, this is this is what needs to happen in order for we uh, for us to get a Star Wars movie every year. So, right, you know, you gotta kind of you kind of take the good with the bad on this one. Um, it's interesting to see that J.J. J. Abrams won't be continuing past Episode Seven. I wonder what that means behind the scenes because I do feel like. Uh, like they're really under the gun on episode seven and uh and that that jj is the one who put them there right Mm -hmm. uh that that the initial timeline made a lot of sense and then there were rewrites and rewrites and rewrites and rewrites and then the casting didn't get announced until you know like the initial word was that they were going to start filming in january of this year and then it got pushed to like march and then it got pushed to may and they didn't really start filming until the end of may right so like it it was kind of one thing after another and then and then harrison ford breaks his leg right right yeah i thought Um, he was dead i thought he was passed away but i guess uh i guess he's still alive yeah yeah i mean it it went from like a sprained ankle to something like a bad knee now a broken leg i mean who knows i I don't even know if he's alive anymore but we'll see but yeah has anybody seen pictures of harrison ford (laughs) yeah oh crazy crazy yeah and and apparently uh tom cruise is is rumored to be in the damn thing so In, in in episode seven yeah, that rumor came out, I think, this morning or maybe Oh, late that's last news night. to me. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, just because he was in London visiting JJ. You so know, you I think it's a lot like the Simon Pegg rumor when Simon, mm-hmm. like, everybody was like, oh, Simon Pegg was, was right. you know, 
somewhere like around the studio or wherever. I think it's just like these are these guys are friends with JJ, right? And they're they're fans of movies and Simon Pegg in particular, fan fan of Star Wars, right? So uh, I don't think that either one of those people are going to be in the movie. I think if they were, we would know about it. Oh yeah, um, if Tom Cruise was going to be in a Star Wars movie. Oh boy, you bet we would know about it. You know, I, and and you know what? I mean, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, if if that turns out to be the case, I will. If it does, yeah. <laughs> I think I had. You know, I'll just I'll just finish up by saying that yeah. I felt the same way you did at first. I was like, wait a minute, JJ. You know, he's he doesn't want to do all three. I mean, is he crazy? This is Star Wars. Why wouldn't he want to do all three and do all the the uh, standalones and everything you know it's this is come on this is star wars yeah. but like you said it's he's he's i don't know maybe he's doing like a star trek or he's he's getting the the uh the new trilogy off in the best way possible hopefully and then like you said we'll get these other directors uh put different takes on it their own style and and like you said that uh, looper was cool I, I i enjoyed it it was you know you had to think a little bit and it had some good action and everything so uh i have no reason not to uh not to uh, like this casting, so or not casting, but uh, this new director. So we'll yeah. see how it goes, man. It's <clears throat> like you said, give everybody a chance. It's this is Star Wars, man. It ain't gonna be. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be bad. Come on, he's <laughs> not to us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of all the stuff that's been going on. A little bit, couple rumors there, and some new directors and some Clone Wars Emmys. So some good stuff. Good, a lot of good news this week. So with that, Mike, you ready to hit uh, this new? or last, actually, last uh, four episodes of The Clone Wars? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yoda, my old friend, it is I, Qui-Gon Jinn. The voice I hear does not come from within, but speaks from beyond. You must complete what I could not. Come to Dagobah. The answers you seek are here. The creation of the clone army kept secret from us. Cypher DST. Protocol 66 must not be discovered by the Jedi. Yes, Lord Tyrannus. I'm afraid I'm trapped. You must face the gravest of journeys to Morgan. Down! Thanks. It wasn't you I wanted to save. They're stretching it even for you, sir. Rax, you're beginning to sound like Obi-Wan. Hello, CT5555. No clone uses a number. I am Fives. Call me Fives. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone. All right, we're, Mike, we're talking the lost one. And yep. here we go. The clone troopers of the 104th Battalion, the Wolfpack, work their way through a choking sandstorm that obscures visibility on the windswept surface of a desert moon orbiting Obadai. A sandblasted Jedi shuttle is spotted. Wolf confirms the shuttle's serial number, T6, shuttle number 775519, and Pluku finds a fictional, uh, a functional, if sandlogged, blue-bladed lightsaber in the wreckage. He orders his troops to clear the entire area and ready the, uh, the entire wreck for transport back to Coruscant. Pluku contacts the Jedi Council and confirms that the shuttle and lightsaber belong to the long-lost Jedi Master Sifo Dias. Obi-Wan Kenobi recounts the history of sifo He was a leading member of the Jedi Council prior to the blockade of Naboo, or on Naboo, until the rest of the Council judged his ideas to be too extreme. sifo foresaw a coming conflict and was convinced the Republic needed to raise an army. The Council rejected these ideas, and evidently, uh, sifo somehow secretly commissioned the Kaminoans to create the clone army. So, Mike, going into this, um, you know, we're talking about these last four episodes that when this season six was released and everybody saw them, this is the, the, the four that everybody seemed to me was talking about. So there's yeah. been a lot of a lot of build up for me on these episodes, a lot of hype. And I got to tell you, just like you mentioned, it is so weird that you said this at the beginning of this episode, how when you watched it again, you were like, wow. And I felt the same way. I watched it just about 20 minutes ago for like the third time, and I sat back and I go, holy crap, that was a fantastic episode. I mean, all the way through, just the, 
the questions that you have and the action and everything. Oh, wow, that was really good. And the first couple of times, you know, I'm watching it, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's going on. I'm writing notes down. And this time I just sat and watched it and enjoyed it. And I was like, wow, that was really good. So let's talk about what's going on. I mean, this has been 10 years, Mike, in the making or over 10 years that we're talking about here. A lot of this stuff goes back to episode two. Yeah. And I just love like this first couple of minutes here where we get this scene in the sandstorm and everything. I'm like, whoa, lightsaber, wait, what's going on? And we get back to the council and they talk about Sifo-Dyas. We finally get some information on this character, some canon information. And, and this guy, Mike, he was obviously, it sounds like he was a very powerful Jedi. And he had, what did he say? He was, uh, he foresaw a great conflict. It's like, wow, I mean, was he that powerful that he was able to see the conflict of the Clone Wars? I mean, that's what I'm getting at this, right? Well, you know, like, uh, I, it, this kind of touches on the idea that certain Jedi have a penchant for certain aspects of, uh, of, of the Force, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> for instance, uh, for those uh, who have read the, uh, the Episode 3 novelization, as well as Shatterpoint, um, Matthew Stover really goes into detail with Mace Windu and exactly what makes Mace Windu uh, a, a Jedi Master, and especially at such a young age. Um, <clears throat> and that's his ability to actually uh, sort of see the way that the Force intersects and connects through all living beings and find their shatter points, right? So these these focal points where, where uh, you know, uh, important events will occur or... Uh, a weakness in someone's defense and stuff like that, right? So I think what we're seeing here is that Sifo Dias was, this was a, this was a particular talent of his, but um, the more interesting aspect to me is that he was, he was actually removed from the Jedi council, that, that he was once a member of the council, but because his ideas his, were too extreme. Yeah, his viewpoint was so radical that right. they that that he was forced to step down from the council, which uh, is evidence of how far gone the council was at yeah. that point, right? Exactly. At, at the point that that Palpatine puts his plan into motion. Yeah. Um, there's a there's an interesting a lot of this is going to tie back into the episode three novelization because I think that a lot of these points tie into it and I just finished it so it's all like fresh in my mind, but there is the viewpoint that the Jedi somewhat deserved to lose the Clone Wars, right? That 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 the Sith, I uh, I uh, and this is is sort of uh, one of Yoda's points towards the end of the book. I hope it's not spoilers for a book that's been out for almost a decade and uh, <laughs> and a yeah. movie that we've all undoubtedly seen. But um, that that the uh, that the Sith had been training for thousands of years to overthrow the Jedi. Meanwhile, the Jedi were training to fight a war like like before, right? Like from the old Republic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so they were training with their lightsabers and training with their bodies when what they really needed to be doing was training with their minds and with the Force. And they'd lost sight of who they were supposed to be. So when this war breaks out, their first reaction is, we need to fight this war. The Sith are trying to take over, right? So they fight back and they use the clones and they do all of this stuff and they fall right into the trap that Palpatine has set for them and uh, and it's it's really it's their own fault like they don't have anybody to blame but themselves there's no there's no uh, I, you know um, there's no Jedi in their midst that they can turn around and say oh it was all that Jedi's fault right um, if they had if the council specifically had approached everything differently made decisions differently then they could have averted the whole thing. They could have averted Anakin's fall. They could have averted uh, the, their their own deaths, right? Like, they could, so many things. And I think what you see is that there were a few Jedi before the war that saw this, that knew this. Mm-hmm. And I think sifo was one of them, and I think Qui-Gon was one of them, right? right? And that's why, like, Qui-Gon never made it onto the Council, because he saw things differently, right? Like, he... he he followed the living force rather than 
then I, I, I sort of the, the greater influence of the force. Right. So, uh, he was, he was in tune with different aspects. So I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in this episode that ties into episode three. That's why I say, I, I feel like it really, it almost feels like the, the finale to the series. Although the next three episodes do that just as well. Like they, they have a really great sense of finality and, and, uh, this is considered a four part arc because there are connections in the next three episodes to what happens in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this sort of puts things on a path, right? Um, right. Especially with Yoda now suspecting that something more is going on, mm-hmm. right? Because this is the episode where they d- discover that the Sith are truly behind everything. Right. right, because before, like they knew that the Sith were behind the Separatists. They've known that the whole time, but it's not until this episode. This is a really uh, difficult thing for people to grasp, and they have to go back and like really sort of like relive everything. But this is the episode where they discover that Dooku is Darth Tyrannus. Yeah, they didn't right. know that before. The only person who knew that he was Darth Tyrannus was Sidious. Right, right. Like the only person who put those two things together was was Sidious, was Palpatine. So. It's uh, it's it, this this episode's full of a lot of revelations for a lot of characters as well as us in the audience. Uh, yeah. So that's I, I really enjoy it. Plus, there's an awesome lightsaber fight. Oh my it's, gosh, uh, so good, yeah. so good. But and we'll you touched get to that. on yeah, yeah, you touched on um, on the Qui Gon. I was going to mention that real quick too. Is like Sacrodius and Qui Gon almost had the same type of you know philosophy or whatever on the force and and they didn't have Qui-Gon on the council either so it just shows mm-hmm. you like you said just how out of touch the the Jedi council had gotten over the years so yeah uh, good point go ahead Mike. uh the analysis of this newfound information continues in the Jedi war room where Madame Jocasta Nu prepares a briefing on the mysterious circumstances surrounding Master sifo death Jedi records indicate he died on Felucia during a failed attempt to quell a skirmish among local tribes. There is no record of the whereabouts of his body. However, as the entire incident has been sealed and classified by the Office of the Supreme Chancellor, Yoda assigns Anakin and Obi-Wan to investigate. Yoda visits uh, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine in his executive offices to discuss the sealed records. Palpatine has no recollection of sifo name, but when Yoda describes his disappearance over a decade ago, the Chancellor explains he was but a humble senator from Naboo at the time. Palpatine recommends that Yoda speak with his predecessor, former Chancellor Valorum. As Yoda departs Palpatine's office, he receives a holographic update from Kenobi and Skywalker. Obi-Wan explains that through the primitive, uh, though the primitive solutions were difficult to understand, they confirmed that Sifo-Dyas was not alone when he visited the planet. He was in the company of a, Jedi, a second Jedi whose identity cannot be confirmed. The trail of Sifo-Dyas goes cold when Kenobi confirms that the Jedi Master's body was cremated by the Felucian. I've spoken with the tribal leaders on Felucia. They use a very ancient dialect which is hard to understand. But from what I can make out, when Master Sifo-Dyas died, he was not alone. There was a second Jedi here with him. And the name of this second Jedi? Either I don't understand them or they won't say. It's hard to tell. This is a primitive people we are dealing with. After his death, they cremated Sifo-Dyas' body, and I'm afraid the trail goes cold there. Did you have any success with the Chancellor? Hmm, as much success as usual, I am afraid. Pointed in another direction, I am now. To speak with Valorum, I go. Okay, Mike, and uh, it starts off with, uh, you know, in, in the beginning here, Jocasta News talking about the death of sifo and mm-hmm. they explain that, um, you know, the, the records were sealed, like, by the, the Chancellor's office, so right, a minute, right away you're going, okay, funny stuff's going on here, you know, uh, the, the antennas are up, you know, what's going on, and then... Yeah. Yoda visits Palpatine, and Palpatine, this is before his time, but hold on a second, you know, when you see Yoda leave the office, you know, of course, they always pan to Palpatine, and he has this look on his face like, like either he knows what's going on, or 
he has to find out what's going on because this could be another wrench in his plan and he's got to figure it out. And I'm sort of leaning towards that because when we get to the scene with Dooku, uh, it makes me think that Palpatine didn't know about this. But I'll, I'll ask you that when we get there. But then we get, of course, uh, it's kind of going everywhere. You know, Sifo-Dyas goes to Felucia yeah. and he gets killed on there. But then, you know, he's also tough to turn around. So there's a lot of stuff going on right here. And you're just, you're getting fed a bunch of information. And then pretty soon here, it's all going to start kind of filling in and pieces are going to start filling in. So uh, anything you want to mention on these, these couple of scenes here? No, I, I, I do think it's interesting. I think that I, I, Palpatine's involvement in this mm-hmm. is, is still something that, you know, like I feel like I got to watch the episode one more time right. to really understand where he falls with this and, uh, and, and how much of this is connected to what, um, and just what uh, what Dooku was was attempting to do uh, by keeping part of this secret, because because right. uh, we'll we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so here, let, let me continue, and then okay. we can talk about it. Okay. Uh, speaking with Valorum at the former Chancellor's residence, Yoda learns that Valorum had assigned Sifo-Dyas on a secret mission to deal with the Pike Syndicate, a powerful pi- part of the Spice Cartel. Sifo-Dyas was never able to complete this mission as he was called by the Jedi Council to deal with the conflict on Felucia. But who was the second Jedi the Felucians spoke of? Valorum knows of no second Jedi, but offers that his personal aide, Silman, accompanied Sifo-Dyas on the mission to deal with the Pikes, and was also diverted to Felucia. Uh, here, now here's what we're talking about here. At Count yeah. Dooku's estate on Sereno, the towering holographic form of Darth Sidious contacts his apprentice, Darth Tyrannus. Sidious seems furious, demanding to know why the Jedi are sniffing around the loose end that is Saifu Dyas. He commands Tyrannus to clean up his affairs, lest their plans be threatened. Sidious makes sure Tyrannus understands the price of failure by briefly telekinetically choking his apprentice with the Force. And wow, what a freaking awesome scene here, Mike. And I just, yeah. watching it again today, I go, you know what? And this is where I had the question. I go, part of me thinks that Palpatine had no clue what's going on. And he knows, like, you know, the Sith know that there's always one in power and one taking it or trying to take yeah. it, right? So for me, I just think that he thinks or he thinks that Palpat- or, uh, Tyrannus is going behind his back trying to do some weird stuff. And, yeah. he, and he's just reminding him here, like, hey, I'm the big boy here. I could sniff you out in a second. And this is where we get to episode three, where he finally goes, you know what? I got to get rid of this guy because maybe Dooku to him is getting, starting to get pretty powerful. And uh, it's time to take this apprentice out before he gets a little too powerful. So that's kind of where I was thinking about this. Do you have the same idea or anything else? you want? I think, I think that, that Dooku, uh, there's a pattern here, right? Right. Um, I think that, that Dooku, uh, is, it, is it ever specifically said that Dooku is the other Jedi that they keep referring to? I think later on, the because ten years prior to this, around mm-hmm. ten years uh, uh, before, I guess this is like just before Anakin, right? Before the the Battle of Naboo, mm-hmm. um, Dooku was had just left the Order, right? right? Right. And then Palpatine, like Palpatine, didn't convince him to leave the Order. Palpatine sort of like influenced him after the fact mm-hmm. like Sidious came to him after the fact after he'd already left the order I'm fairly certain I, I don't know I, I it, well they talk, I, the Pikes talk about how they met with Tyrannus and he, or he, yeah. he we'll get to that later where they pay him to take yeah, out okay yeah so so yeah so then it was Dooku so so where where I think that falls is that Dooku was trying to convince Sifo Dyas to join him Right, right. Yeah. So I, I think I, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't. uh, Well, I guess he would have been Tyrannus at that point because that's what they're calling him, right? Yeah, but so right. So I. Yeah, it gets confusing, right? I I have to see it on a timeline, right? Like I have to know, like, did this happen just after Naboo? He, I think, I think what? Okay, so let me just work this out because I think what the timeline is is that. Sifo-Dyas was having these visions just prior to uh, episode one. And so they, they, he steps down from the council 
because he's not on the council in episode one, right? Mm-hmm. So he steps down from the council and is kind of off doing his own thing. Meanwhile, Dooku has already left the order and is off doing whatever. Right. Uh, Obi-Wan kills Maul, or supposedly kills Maul as we now know, and, uh, and, and Palpatine needs a new apprentice. So Palpatine goes and he finds Dooku. He takes advantage of Dooku mm-hmm. and converts him. Dooku becomes Darth Tyrannus. Dooku has, meanwhile, already probably been talking to sifo because of their difficulties with the with the council, right? Because of, like, a shared thing. And when Palpatine orders Dooku to create the clone army, because Palpatine knows about the clone army, it's yeah. part of his plan. Right, right. So when Palpatine orders Dooku to create the clone army, Dooku sends sifo to create the army on behalf of the council on behalf of the Jedi right because he can't do it because he's not a Jedi anymore right so he uses sifo to do this I it, it, and and then sifo dies soon yeah. after that right he kills him right right so and, he can't say uh, anything yeah and uh, and then everything happens from there on out mm-hmm. and I think what backs this up is that that Dooku I uh, then uh, in episode two, attempts to to turn Obi Wan right. Like he right. he gives him the same speech that that Vader gives to Luke and that Palpatine gives to Anakin, right? That same sort of like, the, look, we would be so powerful together that we can we can do anything, right? For mm-hmm. for I uh, I uh, Anakin, it's safe Padme for for I uh, I. Uh, Luke, it's to bring peace to the galaxy, right? And for Obi Wan, it's to it's to root out the Sith, right? To find the Sith and stop them, mm-hmm. because since Naboo, they've kind of been worried about, like you know, did we kill the Master of the Apprentice? And mm-hmm. so they, they, it's it's, but there's a pattern there of Dooku trying to convert Jedi to, and he does later on, right? Because then he gets he gets uh, Asajj. And uh, and and right. turns her to the dark side, and makes her a tool, um, and uh, and and does plan on taking out Palpatine, right? Like that that kind of that sort of stuff happens over and over. I think. So I I think I think Palpatine's right to be worried yeah, to to right. be uh, uh, cautious. Yeah, and just giving that, that little reminder about. Uh don't go yeah. too far, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it's so good in episode three when you when he says kill him, I, Dooku is legitimately surprised. He's like, "Holy, what the heck? What?" Yeah, you know, he didn't. This is not. But the way but then when you see the Clone Wars, you go, "Okay, so what's really going on here mm-hmm. is that it's just one time too many, right?" Right. Um, the last few times that that Dooku has a screwed up and b uh, uh, become a threat. Mm-hmm. Right and uh, and then and and this is also just part of the plan, right? right. Anakin right. is a much better apprentice, and he's right. finally ready. More powerful, so yeah, definitely good stuff. Go ahead, Link. Uh, back at the Jedi Temple War Room, Obi Wan Kenobi continues his update from Felucia. The Felucians have no recollection of Silman. A look through Republic records provides a single holographic image of Silman wearing a medallion with the symbol of Valorum's office. Obi-Wan is exasperated by how compounded the mystery has become. The only tenuous lead the Jedi have is Chancellor Valorum's report that he sent sifo and Silman to Obadiah. Yoda orders Skywalker and Kenobi to visit the Pikes on Obadiah. Skywalker and Kenobi land their shuttle at the base of the massive Obsidian Fortress uh, from where Lom rules the Pike Syndicate. The Jedi walk their way past spice-addled dregs to Lom's throne where he greets them with an insincere grin. When Obi-Wan mentions sifo name, there is a flicker of recognition in Lom's glassy eyes, but he explains that, uh, that it was so long ago. He knows nothing of the recent discovery of sifo ship. Around Lom's neck, Obi-Wan spots the medallion that Silman wore in the holograph. Lom tries to draw attention away from the crest, but Anakin loses his patience and jerks the necklace clear off Lom's neck with the Force. uh, Chuckling, Lom eventually concedes that the man the Jedi are looking for is here on Obadiah. 
So we get uh, a look at the pikes, and I believe this is the first time we've seen them in the clone. I don't. Have we seen them before? No, we saw the the pikes were uh, part of the the Death Watch. Death Watch, right? Oh, uh, that's the right, right. Darth Maul Death Watch arc. Okay. They were they were part of his uh, his uh, black market. Uh, not black market, but like his crime syndicate. Okay. That, that he right. put together. Right. I just like the the scene where Anakin. You get to see the the different styles, and we've seen a, a few times in the Clone Wars. There's different styles between Anakin yeah. and Obi Wan, and they're negotiating techniques. Yes. And uh, you know, Obi Wan has his way of doing things. He likes to be kind of calm and cool, and he's got a civilized style. Where Anakin, he just wants to get to the point, you know. And uh, I love it when he finds just throws his glass, and he and he uses the force to bring the necklace to him and it's on yeah. so uh i just had to mention that i love that little scene there in the depths of the uh, pike dungeons lom leads obi-wan and anakin to a cell explaining the pike's involvement in the mystery of sifo-dyas over a decade ago the pikes wished to gain an advantage over rival crime families so they struck a deal with a powerful man named tyrannus this man hired the pike syndicate to kill jedi master sifo-dyas the Pikes complied by shooting down Sifo-Dyas' shuttle over the Obadiah moon. They inspected the wreckage and turned over Sifo-Dyas' body to Tyrannus as proof of their uh, deal fulfilled. However, the Pikes also discovered Silman aboard, who had survived the crash. Recognizing that dealing with someone as mysterious and unpredictable as Tyrannus would require a degree of insurance, the Pikes kept Silman a secret and locked him up. Now, over a decade later, Lom crashes, er, cashes in this insurance, asking Obi-Wan and Anakin to forgive the murder of sifo in exchange for the return of Silman. Kenobi and Skywalker enter the darkened cell from which emerges a wretched, beraggled, and starving man. So alliances were made. One alliance was with a man named Tyrannus. I've heard that name before. Jango Fett mentioned it during my Camino investigation. Tyrannus wanted sifo dead. The Pikes were well paid to shoot down the ship. However, any man that is willing to pay to have a Jedi killed is dangerous and unpredictable. The Pikes inspected the crash to retrieve the Jedi's body for proof. But with the dead Jedi, Pikes found another, still alive. Silman, the Chancellor's aide. The Pikes gave Tyrannus sifo but the Pikes did not tell Tyrannus of Silman. The Pikes needed insurance. Insurance? Yes, and now the Pikes can bargain. Give you Silman, you forget about the Pike's treachery against the Jedi. So, Mike, we find out that the Pikes are actually pretty smart. You know, these guys are the basically the drug dealers of the Star Wars world, uh, and mm -hmm. and and they wanted to be the big bad. So, they struck a deal with Tyrannus to be the big bad in, in the galaxy, and had a little insurance which was real actually a smart thing to do because now here they are like you said they're cashing in on it now because you know it's it'd be no, nothing for the jedi to go hey let's come get these pikes you know they killed one of ours but uh, they're gonna they're gonna strike this deal and give information also as to tyrannus so we got a little bit more and starting everything's starting to come together you're starting to see like how all this i mean you kind of already worked it out mike but you you kind of see how they're trying to kind of push that story and show you what yeah. exactly is going on with these two so uh, that's what's going on, and we get introduced to um, to Silman, who is just lost. Man, this dude's bonkers now. You know, after being in a prison with, you know, insects for ten years, uh, you can yeah. imagine imagine the guy's lost it. So, uh, you want me to keep going, or you want to you want to add something? Uh, you can go. You can go ahead. Uh, the unkempt prisoner Silman, who has gone mad in the years since his captivity, or has gone mad in his years since captivity. Meanwhile, Count Dooku arrives at the Pike stronghold, landing his solar sailor on the landing platform and force hurling the Pike guards that try to block his path. Kenobi tries to question Silman, but the deranged prisoner seems more focused on feeding the vermin and lice that crawl over his body. In his peculiar way, Silman explains that the Pikes had betrayed Sifo-Dyas, but they were not the ones ultimately responsible for his fate. 
Someone else more powerful wanted Sacrodius dead so that he could steal his identity. But before Sylvan can say any more, he is strangled to death by the dark side of the force. Count Dooku has tied up his loose end. And wow, another great scene. You see him. It was kind of intercut to Mike. How you, you got them talking to Silman, and you see uh, Dooku coming in and doing his damage. Like, oh boy, you know, you know you're getting ready yeah. for a massive battle here. You're like, oh great, this is going to be so good. And, and, and this Silman, he's, he's basically spilling the beans like we talked about earlier, Mike. Um, they did talk about Tyrannus, and he was about to say, hey, Tyrannus is the one before Tyrannus got to him or Dooku got to him. But uh, I think we finally figured it out. Like you said, Mike, it's, it's Dooku. He uses Saifu Dias's name to create the army under the guise of the Jedi uh, Council. And then he has to clean up his mess. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know what? I think he did, like you said, Mike, I think he did try to persuade Saifu Dias maybe to join him and then him... And Sifo-Dyas can go after Palpatine, right? And that's why I yeah. think Palpatine's so pissed at him right now. He's like, whoa, you know? And uh, so that's kind of where, at least to me, and it sounds like you are, are on the same page, that's where, where how this, all this whole thing kind of came, came to being. So we finally, yeah. get to, finally get to figure out, you know, after ever since episode two came out, Mike, we were wondering <laughs> this whole Sifo-Dyas mystery, we're finally getting it. So uh, we're almost done here. Go ahead, Mike, the next one. Uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan turn to confront Dooku, who ignites his lightsaber. The Jedi light their blades and engage Dooku in a duel. In his classical fighting style, Dooku defends himself, bringing the duel to the open landing platform. Lom emerges from the stronghold, flanked by pike pike guards. He says to Dooku their business is over, and calls him by the name Tyrannus, revealing his identity to the Jedi. I wanted to play this clip because here's Dooku doing the same thing. He's done it to Saifu Dias. He did it to Obi-Wan in episode two. Basically tell him, hey, this is what's going on. And he's reminding him, you remember when I talked to you all those years ago? You know, I was telling the truth. And it sounds like he was trying, obviously, to recruit Obi-Wan because he knows Obi-Wan is a a powerful Jedi and he's one of those Qui-Gon thinking type, you know. But Obi-Wan's strong enough to be able to resist that. But then he says... In that clip, Mike, he says, um, uh, I, I tried to rec- he, he tried to recruit Sifo Dias, and he thought, I think, what did he say? He thought like I did? So he's making it sound like Sifo Dias was maybe coming around to what Dooku was saying. I don't know. What do you think? I'd have to play it again, but he said, he said something like, did you, hear, did you hear that clip? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say that, that I noticed, but... He just said something yeah. about about Sifo Dias um, going along with the plan, but maybe he had a change of heart at the end or I, something. Yeah, I don't know. This is where it's difficult because what yeah. what can you trust coming from Dooku, right? Right. Because he's been kind of lying, kind of omitting the truth this whole time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Like, I, like it's 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 difficult to know where he's coming from exactly and, and and just how much of the truth he's using here because that's one of the great things that Palpatine always does which is that he sort of he tricks you with the truth right like he never lies to you but he twists things in a way that 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 works towards his end right mm-hmm. so I uh, yeah it's a I think it's a I think it's a very interesting point, and I think we would probably debate it back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I really don't know. I, I don't know uh, where Sifo Dyas was in all of this. And I think I think what we need more than anything is a novel about Sifo Dyas and about this to, <laughs> to let us know exactly yeah. what happened. Right, right. Well, it's, let's talk about this. Well, I'll, I'll do this paragraph. I'll talk about this fantastic sure. uh, battle here. Dur- uh, Dooku force pushes his way past the guards and slays Lom. Dooku leaps off the landing platform 
onto a passing cargo freighter. He calls for his pilot droid to pick him up. Anakin leaps onto the freighter, propelled by a force throw from Obi-Wan in a last desperate attempt to stop Dooku. The Count sacrifices the freighter by slicing one of its engines, causing the entire ship to drop. Dooku jumps to safety on his waiting solar sail and escapes. And well, you know, like I said earlier, I watched it again, and this scene was just fantastic. I mean, watching these three go at it again, and we've seen them do it a few times now in the Clone Wars, and of course in the in the uh, the movies as well, Mike. And yeah. oh man, it's just so good. And Dooku was fighting with one hand pretty much the whole entire time. He's doing these like butterfly flips, like like uh, Darth Maul was doing, uh, and then to see. To see Obi-Wan using the Force to propel Anakin onto a ship, I mean, that was something I've never, I don't remember ever seeing before. And it's just like, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see in Episode 7. You know, I want to see Force powers, you know, just another step up. I mean, we saw Mike in the OT, yeah. right? And it was kind of like, and as the OT went on, they got better and better. Get yeah. to the prequel trilogy, and whoa, it's totally amped up, and they get better and better. So I want to see, this is the kind of stuff that I think we're going to see in episode seven. We're going to take the force power, and we're going to, we're going to oh, amp yeah. it up a little bit. So yeah, we saw sure. that here in this Clone Wars, and just to see some of the stuff they're doing, you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is great, man. It's just a great fight, great choreography, great, you know, um, dialogue in between with, with Dooku talking to, to Obi-Wan and telling him, you know, remember we talked about this? So... Just it had everything in it, so I just I just loved it. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're gonna finish it up here, huh? You want to finish it? Uh, yeah. Sorry, did did we just do the the second to last paragraph? Yes, I did. So that. This, is, this is the last one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Jedi Council discusses these alarming new discoveries. It is clear that the Sith were involved in the creation of the Clone Army, but with the Jedi Order so enmeshed in the war, they have no option but to continue. Yoda and the Jedi believe in the clones, having fought alongside them on so many fronts. But it is evident that whatever the Sith Master plan is, it is coming to fruition. With regret, Yoda voices the conclusion that the Jedi have no choice but to carry on playing the unseen Sith Lord's game. The clones from the beginning, Dooku did. <clears throat> Our enemy created an army for us. If this was known, public confidence in the war effort, the Jedi and the Republic would vanish. There would be mass chaos. Cover up this discovery. We must. No one, not even the Chancellor, may know. Valiant men the clones have proven to be. Save my life and yours. They have many times. Believe in them. We must. Win the war swiftly. We must. Before our enemies' designs reach completion, whatever they may be. Are you sure we are taking the right path? The right path? No. The only path? Yes. Designed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, this web is. For now, play his game. We must. It's funny when you listen to that. You can just you can just hear like the I want I want to say like just the disappointment or whatever. It's like they it's like you know they're starting to realize that they've messed up. Yeah. And he's just like there's nothing we can you know it's the same basically there's nothing we can do. We got to play this thing out. We got to ride this out. And it's kind of sad to hear that you know. And and he's also talking about the clones and he's talking about you know how. Uh, they've kind of grown fond of the clones and they've saved his life and it just makes that, you know, episode three, the uh, Order 66, again, just puts more weight onto that scene again. So uh, what, do you, yeah. what do you think about the end here, Yoda talking about basically they screwed up, you know? Yeah, I, th it's, I, I find it very interesting. Uh, and again, this ties into the episode three novelization where mm -hmm. um, the Jedi know that something is going on. They know that that Palpatine that, yeah I guess that Palpatine is involved in some way they don't know how they don't uh, they don't have all of the information yet but they know that something's going on mm -hmm. so I yeah. you know they, it, I, it's, it's a shame that they, 
the Clone Wars and the novelization and these other supplemental stories do a much better job of telling the story than the movie does. Because I think most people see the movie mm-hmm. and then they think that's all all there is. Right. Right. But uh, but the story is so much more interesting and so much deeper when you get into these other uh, sort of side stories that that tie into Episode Three. So I I really hope that that those people who haven't read the novelization yet or listened to the audiobook like I do, uh, they that after watching this episode, after listening to us talk about it, that they do themselves a favor and they get out there and they 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 read or listen to the episode three novelization because it does such a good job of explaining why Anakin acts the way that he does Mm -hmm. um, just how devious Palpatine has been how how fooled he has them um, how he's got them sort of sniffing in the wrong direction a lot of the time um, and and just how masterfully it's planned out and uh, and if you're anything like me you'll you'll be on the edge of your seat every single second just like you are when you watch this episode just like you are when you watch the first uh, uh, story the first arc of, of season six mm-hmm. going maybe it'll be different this time right like every <laughs> single time I yeah. watch episode three I always just I hope that Anakin makes the other choice but unfortunately it's it's, kind of, it's destiny right he's He's doomed to repeat his mistake for as many times as we rewatch that movie, which is uh, which is really kind of the worst, the worst place to be. But uh, yeah, it's it's that I think above all else, the best thing you can say about the prequels about Episode Three is that when you watch that movie, you watch it every single time. You're sitting there on the edge of your seat, going, "No, don't turn." don't turn <laughs> Obi-Wan don't leave don't go to Utapau you have to stay with Anakin he needs you now more than he's ever needed you why would you go why did you like why is the council so blind to all of this why can't they just see what's right in front of them I don't understand why are they so dumb right <laughs> like every single time you watch it you say those same things and it's not because the movie's not well written it's not because the story is bad it's because it's good Right, they've got you so invested in these characters that you, everything in your brain, wants to fight against them not discovering this sooner, not figuring out the plot before it's too late. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's really a, it's a, it's an exercise in in, in punishment, <laughs> uh, yeah. sort of like yeah. a, a masochism to a certain degree for us Star Wars fans whenever we go back because that I. On the one hand, you know, it's the birth of Darth Vader. It's it's one of the most pivotal moments in the entire uh, saga in all of Star Wars. On the other hand, it's the death of Anakin Skywalker, right? So right. it's just this, this incredible uh, combination of the two, and this story just links into it. It connects episode three to episode... Uh, sorry, episode two to episode three, like no other story in The Clone Wars does. Um, it, it sort of it takes that whole it takes the whole prequel trilogy and ties it all together into one thing um, no, yeah I, it, it just makes me wish that Sifo Dyas and Dooku were in episode one yeah I know because yeah. I think that the whole prequel trilogy would be stronger for that um, if that were the case right, right. no but, definitely definitely and like you said I think you said last episode uh, when you were on with Jason this episode is it almost seemed like a one-off because it yeah. looked like it. So I'm really curious to see how this is integrated into the next next three episodes. And, uh, uh, well, let's talk about uh, next week. Uh, the next episode is called Voices, Mike, and here is a quick uh, preview. Yoda, hear you, I do. Who are you? My imagination, it must be. No. It is I, Qui-Gon Jinn. That cannot be. Dead you are. No. I am part of the living force, Yoda. Impossible. 
And there you go, Mike. I, God, I never get tired of hearing Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. I'm so glad that they were able to get him to come back and just do, I mean, it's probably not very much, but just yeah. to get him back. I mean, that is so, that is so cool. And, and what's coming next week is Yoda is deeply unsettled when he hears a voice from beyond the grave, the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn. Knowing that it is impossible for a Jedi to retain his identity after death, the Jedi Council begins to worry that Yoda may be corrupted by the influence of the dark side. Determined to find answers, Yoda escapes the Jedi Temple to follow the disembodied voice. Wow, okay. So I'm assuming this is where the one uh, where Anakin kind of busts him out of the... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, I gotcha. This is that clip that we oh, saw forever. Okay, okay, now it's starting to come. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm really excited about these and to, to hear Yoda. And it's so crazy that... In that particular clip, you see, or you like, I've seen parts of it. Um, Yoda's Yoda's <clears> floating <throat> around. There's stuff floating around, and he's totally he doesn't has no clue what the heck's going on. So, uh, it's it's just kind of funny to see that and, and to hear to hear Qui Gon again. Oh man, looking forward to that. So, that is what's coming next week. Anything else, Mike? Before we wrap this up. Uh, you know what? I, I think that's it. I think that does it for us uh, for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we've only got three episodes left. Yeah. Until the end of the Clone Wars. So this is this is it. This is the this is kind of the final countdown. Yeah. Where we're coming we're coming in the home stretch. So uh, don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. The username is at Clone Wars. And you can head over to Facebook and join our Facebook page and our group, uh, facebook.com slash Clone Wars podcast. So uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. And, uh, and we'll be back next week and for the next three weeks to, uh, to close this out. It'll bring us... Uh, I, pretty much uh pretty much into the end of july yep. and then uh and then we just released a brand new episode of the rebels podcast um so you can head over to rebelspodcast.com and check that out and uh and uh matt you've also got uh sarlacc pit podcast right. going strong yeah 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 just got another yeah. episode and, uh, uh, last couple weeks ago we talked about r2d2 and c3po yeah. and our favorite moments so check that out and uh if anybody wants me to talk about any star wars comics you should head over to the Pullbox Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's at pullboxpodcast.com. And, uh, and you can actually... What we do is we pick three comics every month. And uh, my friend Curtis and I, we, we read those comics, review them, and then discuss them. And uh, yeah, one of those comics is chosen by me, one graphic novel chosen by me, one chosen by Curtis, and then one chosen by the listeners. So you can head over to pullboxpodcast.com to find out how to submit your reader poll. We haven't done any Star Wars yet. We've done X-Men. We've done uh, Ninja Turtles. Uh, this month we're doing a bunch of weird stuff. Uh, <laughs> and next month we've got some stuff picked. But... Uh, but we don't have any Star Wars yet, and I would like to read some Star Wars. But I, but I, you know what? Like, uh, I can talk about the the newer Star Wars, or I can talk about uh, uh, some of the really old stuff. But uh, I've kind of read the 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 bigger stuff that everybody's read. If you've got something that you think uh, deserves to to get some attention, uh, head over there and suggest that, and uh, and don't forget to listen to that podcast as well. Mm. Um, and I think that's I think that's everything yep. for this episode. So thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in a week. See you guys next week. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.